0: With demand expected to come back, but the question remains, does this mean the economy is back on track? Companies now, after experimenting with offshore in places like India, Philippines, and Poland, want to bring those jobs back. We invest in the U.S. We're the biggest exporter in the country. In the cycle and right now, we're creating jobs. From
1: Radio America, it's Neil Asbury's Made in America, the show that explores American industry large and small, and promotes American-made products everywhere. Put Neil Asbury's Made in America to work for you.
0: Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host, Dr. Rich Rothman. Hey, Rich, we got a really, really great show today. In just a moment, we're gonna have the governor from Alaska, uh, Mike Dunleavy, and, um, you know, Alaska really been hit hard. I mean, not in, in coronavirus and all of that, though. You know, it's not, you know, such of, of huge proportions in Alaska like you see in other parts of the country. You know, hopefully they stay safe up there. But also the oil industry is is taking it on the chin. You know, so the uh, governor, the is going to be on and we're going to talk about what is Alaska doing to stabilize its economy? You know, a very, very important state. I love Alaska uh, I love watching those shows on Alaska and how the people are living Sue off the grid.
1: Sue is oh, my hero. Oh, my goodness.
0: She's my hero. I love it. And and, and we could be heard in Alaska in some of the very remote areas. There's uh, three different affiliates that we have in Alaska. So Alaska a great state. And talking about affiliates, I mean, we're very, very pleased to have joining us now KSBN from Spokane, Washington. And that's just, you know, last week we had the good folks from Lubbock, Texas, uh, joining us and on on K, uh, K-R-F-E-A-M and 95.9 FM. So, uh, wow, Rich, the show is growing. Uh, we have the governor from Alaska, and uh, great things are happening here at Made in America.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> these are very exciting times. I mean, I want to get excited about that, and it's good news to have that. And um, and it's good that we're there because I think people need to know what's going on. They need to understand how they fit into the big game plan right now and what they can do to, you know, participate in the rebirth. When we get on the other side of this virus, we're going to have to regrow the economy and put it back where it was. So there's a lot of work to be done and people need information to do that.
0: Well, in short, we got to get America working again. And uh, amen to that. So brother. people have talked about this V-shaped recovery. Meaning that, you know, we fell off a cliff, but we're going to go back up, you know, quite quickly. But, you know, the longer that this thing goes on and some of the numbers that we're talking about now, and it just keeps getting, well, I'm an optimistic guy, but, you know, it just keeps getting worse. And it's just like, you know, I'm looking for that glimmer of hope. Where is that glimmer of hope? We will get to the other side of this, and we will need to get America working again, and we will get America working again. So, Rich, that's I'm a great I'm going to go out right to...
1: now and build something, Neil. I just want you to know that. You got well, me so motivated.
0: we're very pleased to have someone. <laughs> You know, joining us, who's, who's just published a piece in the Wall Street Journal, How to Get America Working Again, a very, very important topic. We're very, very pleased to have with us Robert Kaplan, who's a professor, a professor of leadership development emeritus at Harvard Business School. Robert, welcome to Made in America.
2: Thank you, Neil. Good to be with you.
0: Well, you know, last week we had 3.3 million people uh, file for unemployment, uh, this week, we've had over six million people. That's that's like 10 million in the last two weeks. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen next week, but there's still layoffs happening and more layoffs. So I don't know even what the projections are for next week, but it's it's going to be another bloodbath It's going to be ugly. So then the question is, you know, how do we get these people back to work? What is the path? And what is the path? And I know there's trillions of dollars being talked about. And, you know, you know, this money is going to get out into the economy, hopefully sometime soon. What's that going to do? But ultimately, we've got to get our people back to work. Professor, how are we going to do that?
2: No, absolutely. I mean, the government uh, two trillion dollar measure uh, is really to compensate people for the enormous financial losses they're experiencing right now, this month, uh, through the forced shutdowns of so many enterprises. And this can't go on for very long. We're just kind of crushing not just companies, but the people who work for them. And so clearly the testing has to be very important. And the politicians are very, very fearful of restarting the economy if subsequently they're going to be blamed for thousands or tens of thousands of people falling sick with this virus. So we have to have ways of testing when people truly are infected and then be able then to pull them out of the the workforce so they don't infect uh, other people and you know we just fell behind the curve because of the delays in testing capacity that we had you know relative to other countries and so we could look to Singapore as a model where uh, they I mean they got exposed earlier they were closer to China, uh, but by having a lot of testing capabilities. They enabled everyone to keep working and, and children to go to schools. But at the first sign of an illness, they they would test and and then pull them out if it turns out that they were infected and isolate them. Uh, and, and of course, the virus isn't hitting uniformly across all the country. It's clearly hit very heavily in New York, New, northern New Jersey, and beginning to hit well also uh, New Orleans or Chicago. But there's you know, large swatches of the, of the country where it hasn't hit. Perhaps people are not infected and it might be safe to let them go back to work as long as we know that, you know, they're not likely to either come down with the disease or spread it to other people. So uh, we, 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 but once we get our testing capacity uh, geared up and we're t- testing more than what we're even doing today, then it starts to become feasible to allow enterprises to reopen.
1: Well, I, I think it's very important. And, and the good news is we are getting a lot more testing done today. And, and new and better tests, like Abbott Labs has one out that's basically about 45 minutes to find out whether you've got it. And you can self-do this and take it in. It's, it's, it tells you right away if, if you test positive or not, which is great. But I will say, and, and I think you're right, uh, Robert, that uh, you know we have to get this economic engine vibrant again. And I don't know, I, I can't remember in current history that we actually shut down, you know, the American economy. I mean, we're just saying, no, they no. don't work.
2: And no, so how do you get time,
1: that, that engine flowing again? Yeah. Any previous time we
2: went to war, we geared up our economic activity. We didn't shut it down. Exactly. Uh, and so this is unusual. But it, is, it was unusual in that first we had the supply shock where we were no longer able to source uh, materials from China. And then, you know, we shut down the economy. We got a demand shock because people stopped spending uh, on lots of things and uh, stopped using uh, transportation, restaurants, hotels, uh, and now even small retailers. So, you know, we could certainly think, I mean, construction employs uh, 17.5 million people, uh, or it did last month. And much of construction jobs, people are already physically distanced from each other uh and yet we shut that down across the board in, in many many states uh and and we need construction uh we need our roads built and our uh, you know bridges and tunnels repaired and as long as people can go back and, and operate in a safe way then uh, we can think about that that sector being uh opened up and uh, there, I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of small retailers and they only employ, you know, one or two people. And again, they have natural physical distancing. There just aren't many of them around. And, you know, those stores are closed now. And, you know, those people can't get paid. And uh, the rest of us can't go there to shop and buy the products and services we need. So by being more selective as to, you know, which enterprises we allowed to open, you know, and do it in a, you know, somewhat safe way. Uh, At least we get people back to work and off government subsidies.
0: Well, Professor, you know, it it seems to me like the media uh, is really, really pressuring the governors and any governor that's not just like just totally closing down the state is getting beat up relentlessly in the media. Right. Uh, And and I'm thinking about uh, uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida. And, you know, he was slow because he's saying, hey, look, there's a lot of parts of our state. You know, it's not it's not uh, it, it, the coronavirus. It's 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 not it's not huge. And so we're letting the various counties decide what to do. I mean, the media really took him to task and continues to take him to task for trying to let some economic activity go on, like the type of stuff that you're talking about. And uh, there's just so much peer pressure right now just to shut everything down.
2: No, yeah, no. And and it is. A, it, it's really a. terrible situation, but one that's difficult to avoid because, you know, if if you find one or two people that get sick and die, then they can say, that's on the show, and they say, you killed this person. That's right. uh, What they don't see is the tens of millions of people who are, in a way, suffering at home without income, without jobs, and in fact, their health is deteriorating. So we know from uh, previous studies that people who are forced into unemployment uh, they suffer more uh, substance abuse, depression, hypertension, uh, and downstream and their health is and, and leading to suicide. Uh, but see, that's kind of hidden. It doesn't make the six o'clock news, uh, and so the media are only looking at one side of this—the most visible, sensational side. You know, and not balancing that on the terrible harm to being done now to probably over a hundred million Americans, uh, and and the downstream costs of that, and. So, you know, it is a difficult situation, and that's why we have to be able to demonstrate the governor uh, has to be able to demonstrate, look, every person we send back to work, uh, you know we've tested them, that uh, they're not infected, they're not going to spread it. If they show any symptoms, we'll be able to detect it quickly and send them home so no one else gets sick and they can be treated if it gets serious. And the, the other point on this, and this maybe sounds a little bit cruel, if you look at the age distribution, of not who catches this disease, but who ends up dying from it. Uh, 90% of the people are over the age of 70.
0: Hey, 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 Robert, and we're gonna have to take a quick break and uh, we love your thoughts. Uh, Robert Kaplan, a professor of leadership development emeritus at Harvard Business School. Uh, he's with us right now. We still got a lot more to talk about with the professor. Stay with us.
3: Made
1: in America.
0: Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host Dr. Rich Rothman, And we would like to join or or welcome the, the station that has just joined us and all the great listeners from Spokane, Washington, KSBN. Welcome aboard. It's going to be a wild, wild ride. And we're together with Professor Kaplan, who's Professor of Leadership Development Emeritus at Harvard Business School. So much to talk about. Great ideas on how to get America back to work. So, uh, Professor, one thing I'd like to ask is this, as I'm an entrepreneur, and and I don't know how many jobs we're going to lose as a result of this. But but I do know that a lot of the companies are going to find ways to do with less employees. Right. Because mm-hmm. you're you're forced into this and then you're taking a look and saying, well, you know, hey, look, is this thing going to come back? Is this going to come back in the fall? Is it going to come back in the winter? You know, am I going to contend with this? So, you know, I might have had to lay off or furlough. You know, I'll pick a number, 100 of my employees. But, you know, I'm only going to bring back 50 and kind of see how things go. And people will just learn to do more with less people and then the other thing that you have to consider especially if you're in retail how many of your customers are going to be coming back into business and, and then how will they be staffed and will they be also taking the same way of just saying hey look you know we're going to have to do more with less people and some customers are not going to make it they're going to go bankrupt so you're not going to have them to sell to anymore so my whole point is i don't think that we're going to get back you know job for job and if we do it's going to take a while what do you think
2: no I think that's a good analysis and uh and I think there'll be a permanent shift. I mean we're not going to revert back to the economy as it was in February of this year. More people are getting used to uh shopping from home and not shopping face to face in uh retail establishment. More people are used to working at home. Uh so there'll be less demand for transportation. Uh and uh and, and airline travel much less, you know, as well as travel within the city. So th- What we'll learn, and and health, health will be delivered differently. By necessity, physicians and nurses are learning how to deliver care, not to the COVID patients, but all other patients, you know, from home using telehealth. And people are getting used to receiving care, uh, you know, through their, you know, their mobile apps and their desktop, not by having to visit an office. So there'll be lots of permanent changes
1: there. And that means jobs are going to shift around uh, as we adapt to all those changes. Yeah, I think that I think that's correct. You know, every time we we, for example, when Obamacare came about a few years ago, uh, Neil and I talked about the unattended consequences of what that would do. In this case, there are going to be unattended consequences. One, I agree. I don't think they're all the jobs are going to come back to. I think the behaviorisms that people are developing right now are going to take be uh, more predominant than they were before. And that is why people such as right now, uh, Amazon, Walmart, Kroger, 7-Elevens are all desperate for workers. Um, you know Kroger pa- uh, Papa Johns or are, 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 these, are, p- these are people who are looking for Walgreens, 100,000 more people, Walmart, 150,000 more people. Um, Amazon wanted 100,000 more people a few weeks ago because the delivery part of that retail is mushrooming obviously. And so people, I think you're right, uh, Doctor, that uh, I think that as we move forward, people are going to change what they're doing. They're not going to be going to the retailers even more than they weren't before because the big box was moving and changing before this occurred. And now they're going to be using it more and more. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I except for going to Publix for, you know, daily things or weekly things that I need, everything I get now is on the Internet. Yeah. so it does mean Yeah, so the small
2: retail shops are being very adversely affected. First of all, yeah. right now, uh, they had a shutdown. You know, they don't have lines of credit with the bank. They don't have cash reserves. Uh, so unless the money from the government reaches them quickly uh, to enable them just to stay afloat, they will go out of business permanently. And then, as you were just pointing out, the demand for their retail service products and services you know, in a local storefront will likely decrease. It's just too easy and too convenient to work with the the, the very large retailers and distributors. Uh, uh,
0: uh, Professor... And here's here's a thought. I mean, we've put so many trillions in the economy. I mean, it's, it's, it's making your head spin. And I don't know where this is going to end up. But um, I'd like to get your thoughts on this infrastructure bill that the president has been talking about. 2.2 trillion. Been, yeah, on, on infrastructure spending. Mm-hmm. You know, is this the right time to do that? I mean, that would be a huge shot in the arm and, you know, put a lot of construction people to work, as you just mentioned uh, earlier in the in a previous segment. So, you know, what do you think about that?
2: Yeah, no. uh, Both parties have talked about having infrastructure uh, for five years now. I mean, it started in the Obama administration, continued here, and the two parties have never been able to come together with a bill that uh, would really spend that money. It would be tremendously important because, again, a lot of those are relatively... Low-skilled jobs, so we can quickly absorb lots of of people currently uh, hurting a great deal from this shutdown, uh, and get them to work quickly. And we need the infrastructure uh, you were talking about. We're going to be doing more distribution, more delivery, so those roads are going to get used a lot by very heavy trucks. Uh, and uh, so, told, yeah, that that it's something we should do. Try to find a way to do it uh, that's not just a direct subsidy to the government. Perhaps by you know with gasoline prices, oil prices coming down, that uh, putting a more tax on gasoline to pay for this, or a substantial part of it, uh, this would be an appropriate time to try to do that and, and put highway construction uh, and infrastructure construction uh, on a more sustainable financial basis.
0: Well said. Robert Kaplan, Professor of Leadership Development, Emeritus at Harvard Business School. Professor, thanks for being on the show. Great, great voice. Uh, We we love to to hear your thoughts, and you're very, very valuable to these discussions.
2: Good to be with you, Neil and Rich.
0: Coming up, we have Governor Dunleavy from Alaska, Rich, the great, great state of Alaska. And he's going to talk about the economic stabilization plan for Alaska, one of our great states. You don't want to miss it. Governor Dunleavy coming up right now.
3: Made
1: in America.
0: higher at the open, stocks continued to perform well over the course of the day Tuesday. And I think
3: that bodes well here over the next couple of years for
0: having bigger demands coming to this country.
1: Now, more of Neil Asbury's Made in America.
0: A very big welcome to you today. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host Dr. Rich Roth, And as we know, our small businesses are taking it on the chin. This has been a very, very difficult time. Um, According to the U.S. government, a small business is a business that employs 500 people or less. But as we know, most of our small businesses are really small businesses. Three, four, five, ten employees. And, um, you know, so how do you get through this mess? And it's not over. And it's not over for a while. And, yes, there's been a paycheck, a paycheck protection plan from the CARES Act, the the PPP program. And by the way, that was amazing. It was very, very important. But you know, it is not the end of the story. It's not the be all the end all it. There's still much more uh, to come here because yeah, hey, look, if you got 10 employees and the government's going to help you, but how about all those other expenses? You know, it's yes. Your payroll is probably your largest expense as a small business, but there's so many other things uh, that you got to worry about. How about rent? You know, how about you know all the food that's in the refrigerator that's going to spoil uh, because you can't sell it because you can't open your restaurant. Um, how about the hair salons and everything else? You know, that. hey, look, <laughs> you know, I'd like to go to my barber right now. But, there's but, no barbers. I mean, what but, are they going to do but about Neil, this you whole you know Neil,
1: you know what it is? It, 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 when, you, when you think about it, it, even with barber shops, even with nail places, it, there's a, su- a supply chain for all of that. Well, imagine restaurants are the ultimate In the supply chain of giving food and presenting it to people but they get their food from a wholesaler the wholesaler gets it from god i guess you know these arthur daniels midland for all i know you know they get it from there all of that has been impacted along the way and and everyone is affected by that everyone
0: everybody's infected
1: right Uh, absolutely
0: from the small
1: uh, to the very big
0: so what are we going to do you know what comes next is the SBA program going to be enough to keep these businesses? And they ran out of money. And now they've topped it off with some more money. But they're probably going to run out again. And I, I think uh, it's
1: going to be an hour and a half this time. <laughs> and then the money is going to Because go. everybody
0: will know that, hey, we missed it the first time. Well, right they got all the
1: people who missed the first tranche are already in the system waiting to get their money.
0: Right, right, right. Plus the new ones. Right. We oh, could, my God. We, we got to get back to work. We That's be the answer. Tranche seven no, we got to get back won.
1: to work. That's what we have to do.
0: Hey, Rich, we're very pleased to have on with us right now, Dr. Michael Grayson. He is the CEO at CDMI, the Credit and Debt Management Institute, and he's with us right now. Dr. Grayson, welcome to Made in America.
3: It's a pleasure to be here. You guys do a tremendous job, so uh, I feel honored.
0: Well, we appreciate that (laughs) coming from you. So, uh, you know, kind of jump right in here. Uh, you know, th- th- you know. We know that SBA put the money out there. We know that they ran out of money. We know that they are putting some more money back in there. Yes, the SBA assistance is going to be the lifeline uh, that's going to help everybody. But is it enough? Is it enough to keep the vast majority of our small businesses running?
3: Well, you know, one of the things that you mentioned. You know, is it the end all? You know, is it a one stop shop solution for everybody's problem? Of course not. And really, I think the businesses that are going to come out of this healthy and the survivors of this are people who put together what I what I work out with our clients It's called the a financial triage. So we put together a plan to help you survive this crisis, you know, for the next 90 days, for the next year, and for the next five years. So initially, you know, you want to look at a total solution. Like you mentioned, the paycheck protection plan, that is nice, but what about your rent? What about this? What about that? So the first thing that we do with our clients is have them stop the bleeding. So Congress has mandated – uh creditors offer some type of hardship program or uh, deferment program so across the board with all of our small businesses we make sure we engage every single creditor not just one not just the rent not just you know your suppliers uh we do it across the board we solicit their hardship program and you have to be careful when you're contacting your creditors you have to ask specifically for a hardship program and not for help so the hardship program has a preset Determination of what they're going to offer, but you should always ask for a three to 12 month deferment. So that stops the bleeding right now and it gives you some breathing area so that you can now adjust and strategize. You know, this might mean that, you know, during this off time, you are increasing your skill set. You know, for me, you know, like social media it was an issue for me, but now I have a little time to, you know, invest and understanding social media better and repositioning, you know, our company in in those areas. You know, maybe you want to look at how you can invest in real estate or some other things. But ultimately for me and for our clients, the single biggest thing that I'm stressing is make sure you are fixing your credit. So the deferment program, makes sure you don't damage your credit. But if you already have issues with your credit, you got now just enough time. It shouldn't take more than three to six months to fix any credit problem. So you have enough time now to invest in, you know, making sure that you maintain an 800 credit score. You know, all of our business, my small business owners maintain 800 plus credit score. And that should be the minimum goal because you know that once you hit 720 FICO score, you can borrow you know, up to a quarter million unsecured, you can do a half a million unsecured business, and then the sky's the limit if you can secure those assets. So after this crisis, every single bank on the planet is gonna be pressured to loan money, but they're only gonna loan to people with you know, very good credit. You know, you hey,
0: Dr. Grayson, uh, we're uh-huh. going to have to take a quick break. Um, yep. Unfortunately, yet yeah, we we've still, we still got a lot to go. I know Dr. Raffin wants to jump right in. We're on with Dr. Michael Grayson, CEO of the Credit and Debt Management Institute. Still a lot more to talk about. Stay with us.
1: Made in America.
0: Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host Dr. Rich Rothman, And we're together with Dr. Michael Grayson, the CEO of the Credit and Debt Management Institute. And let me tell you, there's going to be a lot of debt out there. And uh, credit is going to be hard to find uh, as a result of the pandemic and the economic uh, disruption that's now part of our daily lives. Uh, Rich, you wanted to jump right in there. I saw that you were Egan, to jump into this conversation.
1: Yeah, there. you know, the, we've been through these before, you know, situations that are very threatening to your company. I mean, I've been doing this for three decades. So, I mean, the thing that I relate back to um, uh, Dr. Grayson uh, is 9-11. Uh, during 9-11, and I'm in publishing, so I've owned magazines and newspapers and things like that. And in 9-11, <clears throat> it was very, very damaging to the publishing industry. About a third of the publications, ma- magazines in the United States failed. They went under. Advertising died and all that other stuff. One of the things that you just said that it, I think is very apropos, and that is that it was common in that day, and people I'm sure are doing it now, or renegotiating, for example, you talked about rent for the offices that you have, unless you're in a condo building and you own your own office, but we don't. We pay rent, we have all over these years. But we were able to renegotiate a lease, and we were allowed to abate the payment of the lease, uh, doctor, for X number of months. But we did add those months. We, we elongated. We extended our, our long-term lease. We had a five-year lease. We extended it another half a year. And, and then uh, it worked that way because it really helped facilitate so the company could survive. And do you find that happening now? And it, I guess you do. You see it. But I think that's a very smart move because one of the biggest bills you have on a, on a monthly basis, other than the IRS, of course, is is going to be your rent. I think that works.
3: And, you know, a lot of people understand payment deferment, but, in you know, our clients understand it. But in general, I don't believe the masses understand that Congress is pushing creditors and giving banks. The flexibility to do that. So your mortgage payments and your rent lease payments, you should be renegotiating, modifying, and deferring because the government is making provisions. You know, the top half of that stimulus money is going to banks and and those larger creditors to facilitate this kind of move. But I don't think a lot of people are, are having that conversation and pushing that that concept so the masses are still not taking advantage of this huge stimulus benefit that's a, so
0: that's I, very it's a very good it's a very good point um and you can do that this with your vendors that, all your vendors you know, that's right everybody, everybody everybody i mean yeah, right now yes. it's Right now, as I mean, all bets are off the table. Right now, it's liquidity. Right now, it's maintaining liquidity. I mean, right now, I mean, even earnings are, are not even important. In, in, well, They're always important, but they're not as important right now. Right now, it's liquidity. Right now, it's holding on to your money. And, and what's happening throughout the economy, everybody's being impacted. Like, everybody stopped paying their bills. I mean, a lot of bills have stopped paying. I mean, if a vendor is out there, you know, trying to collect money now, That's a very very tough thing.
1: It's very very hard, and the environment for that is awful.
0: So that means if your vendors, um, you know, if you know, if if your customers are withholding payment from you, then it means that you have to withhold an equal amount of money just to be just to be you know standing still, uh, not to go backwards. You have to hold back an equal amount of money. Otherwise, you're going to have to have cash reserves. And and lots of money in the bank to be able to fund whatever that negative cash is. And and most companies don't have the deep pockets in order to do that. So you're going to have to renegotiate your debt, whatever that debt may be. Um, Not not just mortgages and leases, but also, you know, whatever products and services and supplies that you're using for your for your company's for your company's products.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Dr. Grayson, and, and Neil, you're 100% correct. And it's not just the small companies that face this cash crunch. I mean, think oh, for a second. Goodness. The airlines made a statement about a month and a half ago. Oh, yeah. They only can, they have cash to carry themselves for about three months.
0: And what they're doing is that they're not paying any bills either. I well, mean, this isn't right. like small businesses are not paying. It's like the large companies are not small paying the small companies. Well, they're in the crunch too. I mean, United
1: Airlines announced first quarter um, losses were over two two billion dollars uh, Delta Airlines, one of the most successful airlines in the United States right now, had a negative five hundred forty-five million dollar loss in the first quarter. So call so up. These are serious numbers here.
0: So so call up accounts payable and try to get paid right now. So what do you say? <laughs> so this, what do you say, Doctor Grayson? Help
3: Doctor Grayson. <laughs> make make sure you you don't just throw up your hands and stop paying because that will destroy your credit rating. If you do what we're suggesting here in this conversation, if you contact the creditor first make arrangements for deferment or modification or whatever their hardship program is, rate reduction, whatever. The the law protects your credit rating. So during this modification period, they cannot mark you late. That is the beautiful thing. So you could still come out of the coronavirus with perfect credit and have made no payments whatsoever.
1: Hey, I have a question for you, and that is um, businesses that are really hurting, hurting bad. Yes. Yes are yeah. able or can use something called Merchant Cash Advances. Uh-oh. What is that?
3: Well, what it, is this? I'm glad you mentioned Who that. Who are those guys? Really, that That is the only money that's really available right now for small businesses. You know, one of my best friends is head of business banking for Chase, and he said, you know, the, the day before the uh, stimulus money came out, he was – Scheduled to close twenty million that day for his client base, and you know, corporate told him to hold off on all regular lending and only focus on the coronavirus money. So most banks have shut down traditional lending. So the merchant, so the the um, merchant cash advance space are like payday lenders for businesses.
0: Hey, Dr. Grayson, unfortunately, we're out of time. But uh, you've been a wonderful guest, Dr. Michael Grayson, the CEO of the Credit and Debt Management Institute. We really appreciate you coming on the show.
3: All right, great. And one last thing. Hey, Amazon has my new book, How to Stop Making Payments. Uh, It's down to $0. So if you go on Amazon.com and get How to Stop Making Payments, the book outlines what we talked about today, How to Stop Payments and Save Your Credit. Thanks, guys.
0: Hey, thank you. Thank you very much for writing the book. It's a good book to have. Coming up, Dr. Ruffman and I are going to have some final thoughts for the day.
1: Made in America.
0: Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co host Dr. Rich Rothman. So Rich, you know, as, you know, we're going through COVID-19 and you know, we're still got a ways to go. It's great to see that some states are starting to come up with opening plans and hopefully as that starts, you know, it will be validated that, you know, it's working, it's working and they'll go to the next step and the next step and you know, I'm a very optimist person. And hopefully by June, we're going to get into June, and we'll see, you know, a lot of businesses open. I really hope the restaurants open soon. And uh, maybe we're going to be sitting a little bit further apart. Maybe there's going to be...
1: We social uh, maybe distance there's going to be, in the studio.
0: Maybe the I'm local, not close to you. i far away. Maybe the local municipalities are going to let restaurants to have outdoor seating. Because a lot of that's restricted. So if you have a restaurant you need more capacity... The local governments are going to have to work with the restaurants in order to allow them to do the level of business they need in order to keep their their business humming. But um, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to no, be the same. No, life as
1: we knew it. not here. Something is, is going, to, it's here. going to
0: be very different. And yeah. in one of the areas of the economy that's just going to do absolutely incredible is e-commerce. I mean, e-commerce is just going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. Not that, uh, you know, people weren't already really much I- enjoying it, but... You know everybody 's now buying their groceries online everybody 's buying their groceries online and they 're starting to say wow that's really cool I can buy my groceries online i don 't have to go to grocery store i don 't have to lug all that stuff around and it could be just showing up on my on my uh, front step here and boy you know that 's a very convenient thing you know so that 's going to be I think uh, one of the things that comes out of it and they 're just buying everyday things now online where they might just have run down to the local well, yeah. uh, shop or yeah. down to Main Street and, and, and gone there. So if you're a, a company on Main Street and anywhere, any street, you should be thinking about how to plug yourself into e-commerce.
1: Well, I think so. And, and, and to your point, you're very correct. Uh, Target uh, released you know their, their, their numbers this week, and their digital sales, their Internet sales year to year, all right, from time to time, are up 270% over last year from this same time period. So they're doing incredibly well. Amazon is exploding with success right now.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: it's just exploding with success. Number one, they're hiring 100,000 people. So is Walmart, by the way. They're hiring 50,000 people. But but the market cap for Amazon is going to hit $1.4 That's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that's a... It, it, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe there are, but are there other trillion-dollar companies? Well, has anybody else had a trillion-dollar market cap?
1: Uh, I don't know. Some, some, some There's a question. We no, got to no, do no. some research. We, we need to, to do some research. Out. But I think the Mid guys do. The, the, some of the Mideastern guys do. Maybe maybe it's down a little bit right now since the, you know the, you had negative integers for oil this week. But uh, no, I think we have to look at that. And some of the unintended consequences are going to be behavioral changes. Going to be behavioral well, that's, changes.
0: That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Behavioral. So how do businesses, and specifically how do entrepreneurs and small businesses adapt to those behavioral uh, 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 um, uh, changes? Well, which are inevitable, right? It's yes. inevitable. It's going to. They inevitably. have to have.
1: You know, I was listening to the head of the um, um, uh, Kaplan, who's the head of the uh, uh, Dallas Federal Reserve, and one of the areas that people are going to be concerned with the first one is going to be personal safety. People have to feel comfortable before they go to a concert, before they go to a movie, before they go to a restaurant. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe, aside from social distancing, maybe the waitresses need to be dressed in nurses' uniforms.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes your mind works in very, very strange I don't know why ways. I said that. I just, it just
1: came to me. It would give them such a comfort feel. No, seriously, it's going to change. Whatever you knew before, it's going to change.
0: This Zoom thing, uh, 300 million users, Mm -hmm. you know, because of, again, you know, when when the behavior of the marketplace, how we do business, how we live our lives changes. Let me tell you, there's going to be a tremendous amount of opportunity. So don't forget that, is that whenever things like this happen, there's going to be companies that's going to grow out of this, that's going to thrive out of this the next big thing, the next five big things, the next 100 big things are going to come out of the way that life is, is changing and it's evolving and it's gonna be different than it was before.
1: And you know what's great about that? Americans are the best at innovation. We are phenomenal in innovation. And as a result of that, you know, we are gonna get over this and we are gonna make the changes so we're relevant as we go out over the next few months into the 2021. But Americans have it in their DNA, Neil, and that's why we're so exceptional. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: Well, Rich, we're gonna have to leave it at that. Folks, I really appreciate you being with us today, but unfortunately, we're out of time. But we're gonna be back again next week for another adventure of Made in America, where we never stop fighting for your jobs.